Hello, welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with curated content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Isobwe, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words, for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Hello there, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good everything, wherever you're joining this show from. Yes, this is your World Cafe live show. Yeah, we've been having wonderful, wonderful experience this week celebrating our, our mothers, our sisters, our aunts, the feminine essence all around us and we've had wonderful 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 women on the show to talk about the phenomenal essence of uh the women yes tonight we have another personality oh yes in the studio she's somewhere around don't worry we'll still bring her in uh she is i i, I how do i describe her she is someone who epitomizes education and learning. Yes, she's a warrior, you know, when it comes to learning, education, and parenting. Oh, I can go on and on describing her, but I, I need to bring her into the studio right now. Yay! Irene Bangwell is here with us. Yay. It's an honor, it's an honor, it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited, like, eh? I'm so excited. Good to excited. have you here, good to have you here. Thank you, you. See? thank you. <laughs> Guys, you can see what I said earlier. Look behind her, there are books all over. <laughs> you know, she's, another, she's another bookie we have on the, I mean, on the show tonight, another bookie. Irene, you're welcome, you're welcome. Thank How you, boss, you? thank you, Max. It's so good to be here. I'm great, I'm so happy to be on the <laughs> Cafe. I'm so excited to be here today. It's uh it's our pleasure to have you. Guys, let me tell you something. I'll give you a little <laughs> secret. You know, everything you see about the word cafe, Irene has one or two things to do about it. Don't worry, we'll get to hear more. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm this so is happy. <laughs> pleasure is ours. This is what we normally do on the st- I mean on the show. You know, sometimes people like ah, can't wouldn't you introduce blah blah blah? And I tell them, no, I don't. I allow the person to introduce himself or herself because I believe no one knows you like you know yourself. You know, she is Irene Bangwell, but I'll allow her to introduce herself. You have the floor now. All right, so um, I've been learning how to do like the shortest, um, most impactful introductions that um, I can have. So very quickly, um, I'm a mom. I have two daughters. I'm married to a phenomenal man, Kingsley Bangwell, and together we have two daughters. I am the co-founder of the North 100 Naira Day School. 
what we've been able to, by the special grace of God, set up a secondary school for children from low-income families. Our goal is to give them an education that equips them to break out the cycle, to break the cycle of poverty in their homes. And then I'm also a, a raising girls coach. That's a parenting coach that partners with parents raising girls. Our goal is to raise 10 over 10 girls, girls who live up to the very highest potential the very best version God has designed them for. So it's an honor to be on the World Cafe here tonight. Thank you, thank you for having me. If I heard anything, they fell into, I mean, into two baskets. One, she's somebody who is crazy about education. Two, she's somebody who is also mad about parenting. You see, I told you. She's all about learning and learning yes. and learning yes. and learning. Now, can you share with us why why learning or why education for you? So honestly, um, childhood, let me just start with my childhood. I, I grew up knowing that I was a child that didn't have a lot of appetite to eat food. And so when I came back home from school, when they asked me to have lunch, I will just tell them that I had homework. And I would sit on that homework for, you know how school was the escape. And at that onset, everyone just thought, oh, she doesn't like to eat. And then I got into university, went through very difficult times. And in those difficult times, school was still the escape. So whenever I was depressed, school was the escape. Mm. When I was breaking out of a relationship, I would take a course. Um, so, you know, at the onset, you don't know that this is your essence. You just think this is a pattern. You don't know it has something to do with your calling or something you're designed to do. Yeah. So, um, but something phenomenal happened to me in my third year in university. Um, I came across a book that talked about the journey from success to significance. And I remember vividly that when I was um, writing my jam, I was 16 when I wrote my first jam. And when I was asked to pick a course, I said, I'm just going to lecture. Let me pick a course that can allow me lecture so that I have the time to raise my children. Do you get, I was 16 at the time and being raised by a single mom. So I'm just trying to bring in the intersection. Raised by a single mom. I really wanted to have a home where there was a mom and a dad because there were, you know, there were those things that happened in school, at home. So I think um, education was what helped me to find that intersection where I said, I'm going to teach so that I have the time to be with my children. But then it was still very vague for me until 2008. I started, I, I, I came to this realization while in the university that so many people didn't look forward to coming to school, whereas I did. So even when I had a difficult experience at school, I was always eager to, you know, break through or find the solution to the problem, whereas people were running away from school. So I told myself, well, why don't Strange. I get back to Yes. Why don't I get back? I'm telling you. So I had to ask myself, why don't I get back into the system and try to make people fall in love with learning? So I started with teachers. Um, How do I get teachers to communicate differently, to change the culture in the classroom so that young people look forward to coming to school? Now, I, I didn't come from a rich home, so I always felt that education was the one thing that could change my life. So I thought, why don't we make education so amazing for young people so they come to school, they come alive, they find their purpose. Um, we make education more meaningful for them. So that's where I started in 2008. Um, but sometime around 2014, I took my second daughter to um, a clinic. Um, I took a second, my second daughter to a hospital routine visit. 
and in and a cleaner in the hospital here in uh, Federal Medical Center, Abuja, walked up to me to say hello to me. It's the hospital I had my kids. So when she saw me, she's like, Madam, how are you doing? As she was talking to me, somebody walked up to her and asked her for her daughter. And she turned and just told the person she's cleaning radiography. And that was it for me. I felt like, what? So you have poor children because they are born to cleaners. Life is over mm. for them, you know. So um, I see God just making connections from my childhood to personal experiences, um, you know, putting this thing in my heart and making me think it was my ambition. Meanwhile, it was his idea the whole time. And so just connecting dots and yeah. pieces, and that, that's what set me up on the pathway to work. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. More or less, he just he just drove you into purpose or your your yes. life's mission by giving you yes. those restless, uh, what I say, yes. restless ideas. When people were yes. running away from school, you were running towards school. Into just school, like, yes. Into school, more or less, just like David. Yes. Running towards Goliath when the yes yes when people are running away from it yes wonderful now I, I know there's this work yourself and your husband I mean uh, your boss and my boss your husband is doing you know the Knox the Knox school yes. Yes. tell us about the Knox what is he all about all right so think about it this way. Nigeria has 83% of her children going to public schools. Public she's schools where... She's statistics now. Guys, guys, listen, she's throwing out the statistics now. She's good at that. Go ahead. So, so we have 83% Nigerian kids going to public schools. A failing public education system, all right? And then we have the 13% that go to private school that you and I send our children to where we are working tirelessly to move our children out of Nigeria. We want them to go, go and do a university somewhere, go and find possibilities. So what that does is it leaves Nigeria's next generation of workforce being those kids who are stuck in a failing public education system. So Nigeria suffers from her failed education system because work quality of workforce continues to decline year after year. But there's another flip side to it, which is that it is mostly children from low-income families that don't have the alternatives of going to public schools, that end up in uh, going to private schools, that end up in our public school system. So we have declining quality of workforce, then we have higher poverty rates. So things like this make you sit down and say, you know what, you know what, we need to solve the poverty problem and solve the labor problem in one shot. So we created a secondary school, 100 Naira a day school, and said, let's bring in kids who would ordinarily be out of school because of um, poor finances already. Um, after the pandemic, there are statistics saying 3 million Nigerian children have entered the out of school population again. So you see, we now said, why don't we create an, a, a school system where kids who would ordinarily be either drop out, um, who would ordinarily stay at home, or who would ordinarily go to failing public schools, why don't we bring them and give them the kind of education 
that equips them with global skills so that first they can serve us and then they can serve themselves and break out of poverty. So we're talking about designing like, well, you know, it's easy to set up a school and say this is for poor kids. But at the North School, we're saying what kind of education do poor children need to break out of poverty so that we don't tick boxes and say, oh, we've created classrooms for them. So we're talking about pushing them to innovate. I mean, I was reading essays today by six boys that are trying to apply for a scholarship and um, they, they asked them a question, what's your dream? I mean, their line of thought was beautiful and we've been there for two years. And for me, that's what the NOSC is. Create a school where poor children come, they get refined, you give them education in the finest version, you discover their talent. Remember what I said about children coming alive in school? So we're, we're, we're trying to create, we're creating a school system where young people come alive. And when they're from poor income families, is, is, is when they're from low income families, is even more amazing for us because then we know that by the time they come out of school and get into the workforce, quality skills are coming in, quality thinking, um, people that are working where they, they know their passion and their talent is, and then the nation is better for it while their own families are breaking out of poverty. So that's what the North Condonary Day School is the exact kind of education that poor children need to break out of poverty. That's what we're designing for them. Amazing. Amazing. We're looking yes. at quality here, yes. you know, yes. delivering quality. Yes. I mean, looking at it from a low income point of view, affordability yes. at the same yes. time. So it's not yes. like saying uh, this thing is too expensive. I can't uh, afford it. No, yes. you can't. 100 naira a day. So it's like saying a week I'm going to spend. Uh, 600 naira or 500 naira? 500 naira. Five, exactly. In a month, I'm going to spend 2,000 uh, naira. So 2, more or less, for, okay, fine. Let's say put it an average of, say, 2,000 naira. So more or less, I can train a child, giving that child quality education yes. at no cost. Yes, sir. Wonderful. Yes, Why the name NOSC? Why did you choose the name NOSC? Why NOSC? It sounds hard to me. Okay, so when people, if people can take out the K, the idea of K, I mean, knowledge, you don't pronounce the K. I just focus on yeah. NOSC. But the name actually yeah. means knowledge. NOSC actually means knowledge, skills, solution, and creativity. We're, we're just so asking ourselves. Can, can you take that again? Can you take that again? Yes. We were just trying to ask ourselves, what are we setting up a school for? I mean, we're trying to get a name, it didn't come. And so we said, all right, we're trying to create a center for knowledge, mm -hmm. solution, skills, mm -hmm. and creativity. Mm -hmm. But we chose to use wow. K for the creativity. So for sure, it can look like knowledge and skills, K-N-O mm -hmm. for knowledge, S-K for skills. But the yes. full thing for us is knowledge, solution, skills, and creativity. That's what we do every day at the NOST. That's what we do every day. And the answer to any any nation lies within these words you just yep. mentioned yes, sir. now. Yes, sir. The answer, amazing. So what, what has it been like? When did you start this uh, project? What has it been like? It's been amazing. We, we started September 2019. And you know, the kids okay. pay 100 naira a day, but they get mm -hmm. books, they get uniform, they get one yeah. meal a day, and the girls are getting sanitary parts on a monthly basis. And um, wow. it's been amazing. It's been amazing. But I'm going to focus on two things. I'm going to focus on what the experience has been in terms of culture. So we have kids who are used to being shamed in school. 
we have kids who are invisible. You know, they, they normally go to really large population schools where whether they came to school or whether they didn't come, nobody knows. And now they're showing up in a private school for many of them for the very first time. And they have someone calling their families at 10 o'clock when they're not in school. So some people say, I mean, I've heard parents say that when the kids come, in fact, I've heard a copper say that the moment the nurse gate opens and the children walk in, that they're totally different people. And between September 2019, yes, they're excited. And between September 2019 and today, I can tell you that school cultures make young people. If If young people feel wanted, feel loved, feel somebody is invested in them. It challenges them to try to do their best. I mean, I sit down in my office and somebody taps my shoulder to say my test score came today, I had 9 over 10. Do you know what it means for them to come and tell their like their head of school to say, so you see the willingness to do better. And, um, and one of the things uh, the second thing I'll talk about is another thing we do in school called Hackathon where we have the kids every term problem solve on real life situations. In those moments, I have seen children who are not what you would call academically um, engaging become so engaging. And one of the things I've learned from the experience is also that um, for children that come from low-income families, primary education was not such a solid for them. So English language as a mode of instruction continues to be a challenge. So if we keep judging them by how they speak and write, we're not going to hit their mind. So hackathon is where we hit their mind, where they're problem solving, creating ideas, they're working in teams. So the people that can speak English, can, that, that are doing it, and the people that have the building ideas, can, you know, they're contributing. Um, let me show you a real story that to buttress this. I, I had this boy, I taught him English the first year. And I remember one day I was teaching pronouns. I explained pronouns okay. to the best of my ability, it didn't sink. And then I had a witness to speak pidgin. Amax, the moment I spoke pidgin, Go ahead. this yeah. boy understood. <laughs> and you I love pidgin and he I spoke pidgin. No, no, no. You spoke, spoke pidgin English and he understood the English. Yes, I spoke pidgin English and he understood the English. So that same term, he was in a team that had to go to the timber market near the school to go and test types okay. of wood. They, they had they had done a bit of woodwork that term. So we asked them to go and check out the wood that was available in the community so they, that they could make a um, presentation to us and tell us which was best for furniture making. Because with Hackathon, we're getting them to push their judgment, to start making core decisions and all of that. And so they went, they were like a team of five. Other people are writing with notes. You know, English is not, he's not fluent just yet. He was not writing anything. But when they came back to school to present, he was the one that remembered everything word for word. So you could see how his mind is compensating for language, for where language is not effective. Now, because we have a school culture, because we have a school culture where everybody is supported, everybody feels like I'm a part of something phenomenal. My teachers are, my students know. Like when we do end of term survey, we have 95, 97% saying they know that their teachers want to support them. They know that their teachers care about them. And for me, yeah. this is my high point. But also, one more thing before we go, Nigerians have proven to us that they can fund each other. You know, we, we, we've run the school for the last two years on social media fundraising. 
and month after month after month people are co-sponsoring kids people are supporting from everywhere and it's been beautiful to say that nigerians have run the nurse school for two years and it's been beautiful and so for that we just want to thank everyone that has held our hands one way or the other talking to friends talking to corporate organizations we are grateful so um, two years in we've been really supported and our children are fulfilled working with us it's possible guys yes, i told you she's she's so excited about learning you can feel the energy it's palpable here you can see how she's just giving giving and giving whoa now another thing i've come to know about irene bangwell is a parenting coach she's a champion for you know parenting can you tell us something about that okay so um when when I was in the university, I mean everything hey, for me that I yes I am. Can you hear me? I can. I can go on. When I was in the university, I had this experience. You know, um, as a new believer, I was walking with God, and you know, you know during those times, people are dating, marrying, dating, marrying. You're not in anything, and the Holy Spirit told me that see, I'm going to give you these kind of kids, and you know, God told me a lot about the children I was going to bear. So you can't imagine that in my head, I'm like, these are boys. You know, I, I didn't think anything exactly, though. But you can't imagine um, during my first pregnancy on that day during the scan, and the doctor says, Irene, you're having a girl. And I'm like, okay. And then the day she's born, I'm like, Holy Spirit, you told me all these amazing things. This is a girl. And he said, same person, same prophecy. That child you're carrying. And I said, What? So I'm actually, see, I've come to realize that there's so many stereotypes in Africa and about the whole yeah. world. About, mm -hmm. you know, that's why we need to know God for ourselves so that nobody puts us in a box. You see, women and men are both ideas of God put on the earth to fulfill purpose. They are supposed to be co-creators with God. Can you repeat that again? Yes, sir. I said men. Irene, can, you, can you repeat that again? Repeat that again. Okay, I said men and women are ideas of God. They are co-creators with God. Whoa. God put them on the earth to express mm -hmm. himself on the earth. So it is only culture mm. that, that makes us think that, oh, this is, this is what a man should do and a woman shouldn't. It's She's, not true. She has blown my fuse. She has blown my fuse. Oh! <laughs> See, the way God, God designed God, God, God. it, the way God designed it. Let me tell you, the biggest assignment that we've been given to do on earth is raising children. That's the most powerful assignment we have. Now, if a woman and a man can work together to raise children, then she can run a nation. Because the most important assignment is giving life to another person. So God put us and our start off, our start off. To know that we are here for a reason is that we are co-creators. First, we don't just create human beings, we create ideas. Uh, we feel uncomfortable and God tells us, fix it. Uh, we don't like something, he says, fix it. And so He's now we carry divinity on our inside. And there's no female Holy Spirit and male Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's moving in and amongst every one of us. So what we see is that it is culture that tells a girl, you're not supposed to be anything except missus. And many times, boys are not also raised to know that if your wife has more value on herself than being missus, you, you have a more valuable partner on this journey because she understands the terrain 
and both of you can go together so with me for me raising girls in how do we raise girls who see themselves in the fullness that god has designed them for so that we don't have girls thinking that it's either or i'm either married or i fulfill purpose who, who sold that idea the way god designed it, it is that you have a purpose the man has a purpose when you people meet there will be a connection because both of you are designed to be each other's helpers right so you go on this journey together and you become fulfilled together i've started preaching now but essentially raising just, girls for just, me i'm quiet listening to you because that is a home run conversation honestly a home run yes so for me raising girls is how do i work with parents and say look you have to raise strong smart confident girls but we are, I, I use 100 biblical principles because i know there's a lot of anger in the air there's a lot of anger at culture so it's a very thin line before you move girls completely out into outright rebellion so i'm that person that says I know how you feel. I know you don't like the culture, but I assure you it's not God's idea. This is God's idea. God wants you brilliant. I mean, you know, when I first started, I started wondering, I remember one time I was asking God, are you sure? Am I am I going out of my bounds? Are, are women really supposed to be, you know, sometimes when you start walking outside of the home and you start feeling like I'm not there for the kids like I would like to be. So I go to God and say, no, uh, maybe I should stop work and be with the kids for some time. And one day the Holy Spirit told me, no, I'm going to show you how to raise a child and still fulfill your destiny because I put the ideas inside of you. I put the passion inside of you. I'm going to just teach you how to even out. And then eventually I realized I'm raising girls. I need to model to them how to pursue their purpose and still be phenomenal moms. So I find that because the grace of God is sufficient, we really can do this. It shouldn't be either or. And I always say this, when you find a woman who's found a purpose and something to live their life for, <laughs> you have a peaceful human being because all human beings are restless until they find their core. So you can't imagine one person searching till the end of their lives and they never found it. So our goal as partners is to hold on to each other and find our assignments and find our purposes and support each other because man, the fulfillment you can't put a dollar price on it. So for me, I'm working with parents and say, look, we need to stop raising girls who think that their entire life is having a missus in front of their names. We need yeah. to raise girls who, who first see themselves the way God sees yeah. them. Precious, brilliant, phenomenal, capable. We need to start from mm. there. And when you hear stories like Ngozi Okonjoy, people that were being mm. raised decades and decades and decades before us, you realize mm -hmm. we don't even have excuses, you know. So for me, um, I'm really passionate about working with parents to design tools, give them strategies that they can yeah. use, you know, to make raising their daughters into God's fullness possible. Because if we don't, rebellion is at the tip. The rebellion is at the tip. Amazing. You know, while you were talking, that scripture just rushed into my mind. Train up a child. In, in the, the way, way. Yes. he, she should she, go. Yes. There's yes. this intentionality being expressed in that uh, scripture. Yes. If sir. I can train up, it means I, I can also train down. Train down, yes. Yes. He's telling, he's telling us that train up. It means there's yes. a set pattern. There's a way you should train. You know, just yes. like you said, a thin line between... 
discipline and rebellion, so to say. Yes. So you you, you you need to find that balance. That yes, we are teaching you this, but listen, hello, we're not pushing you to that path of yes. rebellion. Rather, we're yes. pushing you into yes. that path of fulfilling that God given. Awesome. Yes. I know you, yes, you You have some materials. I'm going to put up this here. Now, you've been talking so much about uh, yes. this lately. Yes. yes. Where are you? That's it. This, yes. can we say, say something about this? This is one of your materials that's there, out there. The Bobby yes. Smart uh, Girl Bundle. Girl. Yes. You know, Amax, um, yes. You know, Amax, um, growing up, the biggest place you see the crisis of the girl child is how she makes sex decisions, mm. you know? And girls start to think that their entire existence is about boys from when they are nine. And some mm. girls are being raised in homes where parents are telling girls, learn how to cook so that they marry you, clean up so that they marry you, learn how to do this so that you're married. So eventually we make children, we make female children begin to worship men so girls will be with an abusive man as long as they were with a man girls will sleep with a random boy in their class as long as he gave them attention and what this does is that it gets girls outside of the central central purpose of god for their lives so early last year i had a witness in my heart to start working with parents to learn how to talk to their girls about sex first and foremost parents are not even talking about sex First and foremost, because as far as I'm concerned, the idea of telling a girl that if a boy touches you, you're going to get pregnant is not sex education. <laughs> so we have parents not saying anything. Then we also have parents now, you know, just throwing it in, uh, throwing caution in the wind and saying, look, let schools do this. And then you have public health experts getting into schools and what they're teaching kids is not abstinence. They're teaching contraceptives. They're teaching, you know, all of these things. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong because the public health perspective is to reduce the number of teenage girls who become pregnant, who die from abortions, you know? You get the idea? So that's their own perspective. But the truth is, what is God's perspective to sex education? And you know, there's a research that says that abstinence-based sex education doesn't work. And that's correct. Because most of the time, when the church talks to young people about sex, we do it from an instructional point of view. We don't have realistic conversations. We don't reckon with the fact that they are going to have emotions. They are going to have mm. urges. So we are not teaching them from a skill point of view. You're not teaching them from a self-worth point of view. Like a girl can love Jesus, but if she doesn't love herself, she's going to sleep around. She She's going to keep apologizing to him every time she's done with that episode. So you're finding that you're telling your daughter who doesn't value herself much to, to keep herself open if not she'll go to hellfire and she knows a couple of people in the neighborhood who have not yet gone to hellfire so it means that there's a way that we are supposed to talk about sex that empowers young people with the right identity that empowers young people the right skills that shows them what the right support system is yeah. starting with the support of the holy spirit i mean yeah. amakri i've got to know that the holy spirit is as yeah. practical as you can imagine he's as real as you can imagine you can talk to him just about anything Very but we true. don't usually point young people to these things so what i have done by god's grace is to put together a piece of work that I have come to cherish called the Body Smart Bundle, where it shows parents, it helps parents know what to say, how to say it, when to say it, 
in an age-appropriate way using biblical principles. And um, so what I did, because I have trust issues, I don't trust parents, they can buy the book and not read it. So what I now did was we designed the parenting book and then I designed doodle books, coloring books, but it's all sex yeah. education for the girls. So that if the parents say, I bought the book I read, I'm going to read it in two weeks time, I'm going to read it in one month time, at least their daughters have where to start. And one thing I know is that sex education conversation pulls them in. They want to, they want to hear what are they going to say this time, all right? So that way, because um, it is at the heart of God to reach out to the next generation. I, I can imagine that God's heart is broken by how many gifted, talented girls that sex has destroyed, whether by untimely death or by interruptions that come with teenage pregnancies. And some of them become, I mean, I, I know people in my childhood who were brilliant. Girls, that, I mean, there was a girl in primary school that were told that she won't go to secondary school, that she was going to university straight, that she was a prodigy. But right in front of me, right in my very eyes, she got pregnant, dropped out of school. I don't think she finished secondary school, let alone university. Can you imagine destinies that are lost to girls making poor choices? And you know, I was talking to someone just yesterday and she said, look, Irene, most times girls don't know any better. So by God's grace, the Body Smart Girl Bundle helps us bridge that knowledge gap because we're helping girls find the right identity through these conversations, know that God is a support system. We're teaching them about skills. What do you do when everybody's doing something? You feel like doing it, but you know, what do you do to keep yourself, you know, in a skill way, not just law, not just the law, thou shalt not, but what do you do when you feel like this? How can you shut your mind to influence coming externally? What if you are addicted to porn how do you break out of how do you break out of the addiction you know all of those kind of conversations that are empowering and put skills um in the hands of girls so that they can make uh, more empowering decisions that's what the bundle i I, 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 I feel you completely recently my wife uh called my attention to something we were discussing and uh her first son walked up to her and asked that question, where do children come from? From, yes. Yes. So I know that question has so many questions to follow. So yes. she now told him where children come from, where they actually come out from. from. Yes. Yes. And there was pain <laughs> dropped silence in the room and he left her. And I said to her, or rather she said to me it is better I tell my son yes it is better I explain to him what this is about than yes. for another to yes. tell him because the generation yes. we live in today we have a lot of the internet is every I mean it's free television yes. and everything you know you just have it there the way they present sex yes the way they talk about and everything so it's music videos always putting the women in one certain mold you know yes. nudity and all that so the children yes. begin to say ah excuse me but my mom is not that way she doesn't yes. dress that way how come you guys all show this this is not this is not i mean it is not it's right not. You know? yes. so parents need to begin to have that yes. conversation with their children yes. both girls yes. and boys let me tell you something Absolutely. Sex education for me started when I was 16 years old. Don't laugh. Because that was when I asked my mom. <laughs> and 
she tried to explain it the best I way she could not to like it's a taboo or something yes it but was a taboo topic exactly i went straight to her to ask her and she told me and all that and i appreciated it honestly because the truth is this is my mom telling me about sex yes she, she's yes. telling me about sex is real yes and she explained it even though she was trying she was talking under her breath and all that you know i understood where she was coming from exactly yes. So yes. parents you don't need to be ashamed you need no, help you help is here you know yes. help is here you know always have how, to how, how do we access this material now all right so the very easiest way to access it now is by going to the the project the product website is raisingsmartbodygirls.com.ng sorry <laughs> raisingbodysmartgirls.com.ng raisingbodysmartgirls.com.ng but also people can send me a dm it's actually on pre-order now so that means people get to get okay. the discount yeah so okay, they what, can what, just what, what i was supposed to do after the show you can go on my facebook page you yes. know where we have the, uh, exactly the comment and yes. just put it there so that the, you know they pick yes. it up from the i know this book is powerful guys yes. i yes. i know this book is powerful irene can keep you for hours when it comes to subjects like this she's a parenting coach she's a champion these are just leave that <laughs> <laughs> tell you so <laughs> yes there's another material i want to bring up she did another material yes. she has several of them can you can you yes. tell us something about your books okay I, so I um, that's 2019 all those books yes those books um they're all on amazon amazon.com oh, forward okay. slash author forward slash irene bangle so in 2019 i released my first four books 12 things every parent should know is actually the wake-up call if you're raising children in this generation where everybody's trying to be woke what is the context of parenting them? That's what that's about. Um, I also have a book titled Moving from Overwhelmed to Overwhelmed. Um, that's my life's personal journey, um, balancing parenting and career and understanding that it is one day at a time, one step at a time and being realistic in my expectations of myself. Then the first, the third book is um, Raising Kids Who Are Influence Proof. How do you raise a child that when the world says, man, is shisha season? And your child looked at them and said, no, not interested. Have you raised students that are that define the world boring? So that's what that book is about. He's talking about what are the cultures we should have at home to raise a child like that. And then finally, as an educator, I, I wrote this piece that I dare say that can turn any child to a, an academic genius in back-to-school yeah. success. Where I just essentially work with parents to see um, a number of factors that that make children underperform at school and how they can be supported. I like to think that I do only one thing. I work for children. I educate them, then I work with their parents on raising them. So sometimes when I want to feel like I'm being torn in two directions, you're an educator, you're a parenting coach, I say no. Only one thing, I raise children, I work with children, work for them. I work with their teachers, I work in their learning environment, I work with their parents, I work in their learning environment at home so that we can raise our children to be the best version of their lives. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, Guys, sir. I work with uh, Irene Bangwell <laughs> and I, I can attest to what she's saying. She is, Thank you, boss. She is, uh, she is a moving train. As in, if you step in her way, 
Forget it, you're gone. <laughs> she, 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 I give God all the praise. I'm not blowing her trumpet, I'm telling you. I've, 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 I've worked with her for over six, seven years now. You know, yes. she, is, she is a force to reckon with when it comes to the subject of learning. Now, yes. tell us, where, what's your expectation? For the NOS, the parenting activity for the next, say, five, six, seven, eight years? So let me start with the NOSC. So I'm excited about just thinking about NOSC in five years' time because but in five years' time, would have graduated two sets of the NOSC students. And so what I see is an ecosystem, NOSC alum, where they sit down like their own freelancing space where they sit, they come into work after their WIAC while waiting for university, but they, they have their workspace where they come to work and, and, and work for clients globally, where they can make a decision about what countries they want to go to school, what courses they want to read, what businesses they want to start. And so when I look at that back end, because one of our value propositions is that when a child goes gets a nurse education, whether they decide to go to the university or not, they'll be in the top 1% in the world, whether they decide to go to university or not. So they would, they would not just have small businesses to start with, they will know how to engage the world and life and make the best out of it. So that's the big picture I see. And I we hear, normally say this at the NOS. I hear, I hear the NOX tribe. Yes, the Nusk tribe. Like yes, the Nusk tribe. You know that idea where we sit down and they say there are, there are 37 governors in Nigeria and they say about 29 of them are Nusk alumni and that's why Nigeria is advancing. So nation building... So nation building is a core for us. It's so integral. It's so integral. So our students don't know how to say they want to be doctors for doctors' sake. It has to be built into the SDGs. It has to be built into a problem they've seen in their community. So, you know, that inward, you know, taking your eyes off yourself into service is something we're building. Yes. So that's what we're doing from the beginning. And I know this is conditioning and it will work. Um, it will serve them. It will serve the society. And so that's what I see. When it comes to raising girls... When it comes to raising girls, I mean, um, it's so important for me because one of the first things I see in five years' time, I see the United Nations coming to study Nigeria's lower teenage pregnancy rate. I see less and less girls showing up half-nude or doing all of the crazy things online. But then I know that it, it, this cannot happen in a vacuum. So I see a surge of young female-led businesses, young female-led innovations and ideas because girls are waking up and parents are saying you were born for more and they're hearing this from when they're two to when they're seven to when they're 12. I'm hearing Africa wake up and say girls are rising. But now here is the part that I like the most. I'm seeing families raising boys and girls begin to say, you know what, each and every child in our home is capable. So this is not a girls arise at the expense of boys conversation because um, when I'm talking to girls you know families have always been on boys you have to be great you have to work hard you're going to be the leader of the family so by the time they are now including girls on that drive and because you know the thing with having been at the back for a long time 
girls are going to show possibilities that is going to also inspire boys to say, you know what? I'm not just supposed to think about working and fending for the family. I'm supposed to also think about ideas. I'm supposed to think about setting up this and setting up that instead of those traditional, because the, 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 the cultural stereotypes we have affect girls in a way, but they also affect boys in another way. So you would find some men want to venture and they want to venture early, but because they need to maintain security for family, for stuff, so many ideas are being tracked in the four walls of many nine to fives. Because everyone says, man, I need to take care of this, I need to take care of that. So I see them because, but here's the thing, if they start out early, they would have made all the mistakes and somersaulted and be stable by the time they're ready to start families. So I see a venture culture coming to Africa where parents will mentor and coach their children to be everything that God designed them to be. But above all, I see a success that is standing on the shoulders of the Holy Spirit. Spirit-led innovation, not not um, a selfishness, the need to be successful by all means, not a fame or shame kind of thing. I'm looking at ideas that are driven by God. And because I have the persuasion that Africa is the heartbeat of God in this season, I see Nigerian young people blazing the trail, doing phenomenal things, but glorifying the Father on that journey. Whoa. Yes. So that's what wakes me up every day. That's what wakes me up every day. And I will see it in my lifetime. Yes. Amen. As we were talking, what I saw was like that scripture. The earth was without form and void, and the spirit moved over the surface of the deep. An incubation taking place, and the Lord said, let there be light. And light came. English, permit me. And light Yes, yes. And darkness could not comprehend it. The Mm, darkness that Africa has always been known for, they can't even figure it out anymore because they're breaking out from every family you can imagine, every tribe, everywhere, because greatness is in each and every one of us. So I'm waiting for them in school. I'm waiting for them at home. And I'm not the only one that several people got as positioned in different places to to push this out. So the next generation is going to be phenomenal. I'm I'm honored to be a participant to their birthing. I'm really honored to be a part of that. Amazing. Yes, boss. (laughs) Can you imagine your Jolie in 10 years, Amat? That's your Julie. Can you imagine that girl in 10 years writing to politicians and calling and telling them this is not working. I have this video to show. I have these statistics. I have this. I have that. I have that. That's the generation. You you, you hear it in their voice. You see it in their energy. And you know you were not like this. So you know they were born for a time like this. So as their parents, we cannot parent them backwards. We have to parent them with the mindset that they are here for a reason. So, including our own inadequacies, we will find a way to make it up so that they can move. Because they don't look like us, they don't sound like us, they don't think like us. They are here for a reason. And um, I have so much faith that is going to happen. And they've been born in poor homes and rich homes and middle class homes. They are born everywhere. They have their, their future is bright, but we must make it possible for them. We must make it possible for them. Awesome. Guys, yes. isn't she phenomenal? 
I told you, isn't she phenomenal? You can you can feel the energy. I mean, you can literally cut cut it, cut it. Oh, Irene, thank you for honoring us thank with you, your boss. presence on the world. Thank you, boss. Thank you, boss. I mean, I'm a fan. On and on, on and on talking, but yes, honestly, boss. we are great guys. We are still in the mood of celebrating our women. This is one of them, Irene Bangwell, Thank the you, champion, the warrior for parenting. I mean, the Knox, I call her the Knox director, you know, the 100 Naira a day school, you know, awesome, awesome. Ah, so oh, it's been, Thank you, it's, been it's been wonderful. Thank you. Sharing Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Guys, I appreciate we have to run now. You know how yes. we do it on the show. We believe. This is the Word Cafe, the live yes. show. We believe in the yes. power of words. For yes. this is the unit of creation. I am your yes. host, Amagri Isubui. What's coming up next? Hang in there. We have so much lined up for you. Irene, your last word before we draw the curtain. I mean, when, when you started talking about Word Cafe, I just realized that God was trying to give us our lives back to us. We've been raised in a culture where we say what we see, we say what we hear, we don't say what we want to see. So when you decided to start this, I, I feel like God is has placed you and positioned you as a reminder to us to speak forth the things that we want to see. So my my last word is to anyone watching this, whether you're watching live or replay, there is something inside of you. You have to speak it forth. You also have a purpose for being here right now. So you have to step out, go beyond whatever limitations are in front of you and do the things that are in your heart. Help will come. Even those, that perfection that you're waiting for, you don't need it. Clarity will come, but step out. And while you're stepping out, speak forth all the things that you want to see. And don't forget to keep a date with the Word Cafe with the Max every week. There will always be something that, you know, just blows your mind open on a weekly basis. So keep a date. Thank you, boss, for having me. Thank I you so much. Guys, till we come your way again, remember... We believe in words, the yes, power sir. behind the words. words. Why? Yes. For it is the unit of creation. Till we come your way again, bye for mm. now. Thank you, Irene. Thank you. God Thank bless you. Thank you, boss. God bless All you right. too, boss. Bye. Send me well to my boss. <laughs> Guys, it's been awesome. Awesome. for time it has been with you on the word cafe podcast today thank you for being there you can catch me up on my social media handles twitter facebook linkedin instagram all at amakri isoboye also you can get copies of my books a cocktail of words the color of words and my hr notebook on amazon and on Roving Heights online bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page at the same address. Yes, till we see you again. Bye for now.